Hello, and welcome back to another season of Dancing in the Kitchen. If you're new here, my name is Deva Miles, and I am a dancer as well as a vegan chef. I created this podcast to share all about my life as a dancer and how I've managed to overcome some of the challenges I've faced. I also touch on all things wellness related nutrition, sleep, gut health, mindset, and I'd love to talk about anything that you're interested in. Just let me know. Thank you for joining me, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. All right, it's that time of the week. We're back for another episode of Dancing in the Kitchen. Welcome back, and hi if you're new here. I recommend going to listen to some other episodes just to get a feel. I wanted to keep this one really lighthearted because my last episode last week was a little bit deep and kind of a heavy subject about knowing your worth. So I was thinking I would go more of a chill route this week. Before that, I will talk about some random things, just some updates from my week, some random thoughts I've been having. I'm seriously counting down the days until I get to go back home now. I'm just really... I feel like I have senioritis, but I'm not even in school. It's dance. (laughs) Which I don't mean it that way. I don't want to stop dancing. It's just I want to, like, go home and be comfortable, you know? But in the same way, it's also sad because I only have a month left. A little bit less. And I'm just trying to soak up every last minute of it. Living in Spain for almost a year. It's been crazy. An amazing adventure. I'm so happy that... I got to do this. I'm trying to really take advantage of the fact that the beach is close and nice. So I'm going there as much as possible. Hopefully every weekend until I leave. Oh, here's something random. So sometimes I'm watching YouTube to fall asleep. And I just put on like, well, lately I've been putting on my favorite comedian, Jim Gaffigan. And he has these compilations of jokes that he's done in the past that are like 20 minutes long so I put one on and then I turn my head to the other side and I fall asleep listening to his stand-up comedy because I love comedians and sometimes my computer then just programs another video to play afterwards and it kind of just is streaming random things throughout the night sometimes it shuts off but I don't know why On some days it's still playing and then other days it stops after the video I choose. Anyway, it's this has been happening recently. I wake up in the middle of the night or around 2 or 3 a.m. to go to the bathroom. And I turn my head and I see this video playing talking about... It's like a sleep hypnosis video talking about how to unlock your potential and create a fulfilled life. And how to be the most confident you and how to know your worth, and how to feel inspired. And it's just somebody kind of like reinforcing ideas through a video. And I realize, and it's like an hour and a half video of somebody like repeating things, like hypnosis basically. And I realized that I've been listening to that, and I'm thinking, is that like why I feel the way I feel positively about life sometimes? Like, is that why I have all of these deep thoughts? Because I'm being hypnotized in my sleep? Is it working? Or even the fact that I'm noticing it, is it placebo and it's making me think that it's working? 
like how to be your best self. And then I show up the next day, you know, feeling confident and inspired. Is that what's been happening? And I, and I don't ever realize that that's like, I do fall asleep to YouTube often. So maybe this keeps coming on and maybe it's actually working. I don't know. Just food for thought. Maybe if you're thinking about wanting to boost your confidence or unlock your potential, as the videos would say, try one of these sleep hypnosis videos to fall asleep. Oh, I was thinking the other day, I realized that my entire life is a side hustle. You know how people have their job that they do, like they go in for an office job and on the side they have this small business they're creating or, you know, they like to crochet and then they end up selling it every single hobby I do turns into a little side business and I don't know why my brain is programmed to turn everything I do into some way to create a business or make money or it's very strange but also I'm not even making money off of the things like in a serious way it's just everything becomes that in my mind selling my own clothes oh I do crochet now and now I'm gonna be selling those items or my cookbook is a great example I mean that was actually a good side hustle but like I can't just cook for the fun of it I it turns into something more or the podcast is like a side thing I do which people would say a side hustle even though I don't make money off of it I'm creating a website I want to do like a blog like it's just everything about my side life is just mini side hustles I thought that was funny having that realization the other day maybe that's what I'm passionate about side hustles even though it's called a side hustle for a reason it's not your priority last update from me is that I've really been trying to prioritize getting enough protein in to my diet because I mean those of you who know I'm a vegan but I also have a lot of food like allergies and I can't eat a lot of things for being a vegan like well I can't eat eggs because I'm allergic but legumes really bother my stomach which is a big protein source for vegans it's hard for me to get enough protein especially with the amount of activity I do and I'm always being told like do you get enough protein do you get enough protein you know people are nagging oh but you don't need enough protein blah 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 and I'm like yeah I understand how important protein is thank you for telling me all the time but I really wanted to make a change and I know that it's hard and I have to really focus if I want to do that it's not something that can come on the side of my thoughts like I really need to plan out my protein intake if I'm going to actually try to achieve a certain level of protein that's reasonable for my activity levels but I'm glad to say it's been like three weeks and I'm sticking to it I'm really prioritizing my protein intake do I feel any better any worse I honestly feel the exact same which should say something like shouldn't I feel a little bit better like maybe I'm improving strength wise I don't know maybe it takes time but I don't know. So that's my thoughts on that. I mean, I'm not going to stop. I'm trying to kind of enforce a new habit so it becomes natural that I seek out ways to have extra protein in my life. But it's still right now I need to really be thinking about it. Like otherwise I'll be not having enough 
for like a normal human without any activity on top of that. So that's kind of been taking up a little bit of brain space in a good way. It's not anything negative or anything, but that's the update. Okay, let's get into it. So I said I wanted to talk about something lighthearted. And somebody gave me this idea a while back, actually, just kind of talking about the things that make me happy and like things that I really appreciate in my day-to-day life. And I wanted to do a little things that I really like and things I appreciate and then also some of my pet peeves or things that I really don't like or the things that get on my nerves just to have a little fun with it. So I'll start with the things that I like. These are going to be really random, by the way. And I've just been trying to accumulate a list over the past month and a bit whenever I notice something that I appreciate. Finishing a book. Love the feeling of finishing a book. You just feel so satisfied with yourself. So accomplished. The excitement of starting a new book is also, what book are you going to choose? Then when you finish a book, you can talk to people about it. It's a very accomplished feeling. I love a good roller coaster. I never used to be a roller coaster girl, and I actually used to be terrified of them. Like when I was, I think, 10 or 11, I wouldn't even get on one of those tiny roller coasters. I'm talking tiny, like it was flat, it moved in a circle at a random amusement park. Like I was scared of that. I don't know why. And then all of a sudden something switched, and I'm going on huge roller coasters that have loops and you're hanging upside down and you're, you know, there's like just a bar holding you or really crazy standing up roller coasters at, um, I went to Six Flags, which is a fun amusement park in the States. And I also went to Canada's Wonderland, which is everything. I love Canada's Wonderland. I went quite a few times back in the day, but they have some really crazy roller coasters and I love that feeling now. It's so scary, but it's, Oh, it just makes me feel so good. I need to go on a roller coaster again. I love swimming in the ocean. There's something that hits different about swimming in the ocean compared to swimming in a pool, which I also love. But being in the ocean and looking out and kind of seeing nothing, just seeing water is such a cool feeling. I would not want to be stranded in the middle of the ocean. That's not what I mean. Because, of course, there's sand on the other side of me. But just, you just really appreciate, like, how big the world is and that you're in the water that's from the earth. I don't know. It's so cool. And then the waves and the whole vibe of it, the temperature, it's kind of cold and shocking, but it's really refreshing. I really love swimming in the ocean. The beach in general, I love. Specifically, reading on the beach, eating fruit on the beach. And I also have something in here written that I wrote that says an abundance of fruit. It's not enough to just have like, let's say, two fresh peaches in front of you that you are anticipating to eat. I need like a never ending source of fruit. I have this one memory in the summer last year where I bought so many berries. Well, somebody bought for me so many berries and I put them all in a bowl and it felt like I had a never-ending bowl of berries of course I'm I don't think I finished them all in one sitting I actually might have because I love fruit and berries specifically and they're so expensive so I don't normally buy them for myself but 
oh my gosh, I just love the idea of having never ending fruit. Or if you go to like a, like a potluck party and somebody has a fruit tray or multiple fruit trays. Ugh. Also, when I was on tour last year with Arts Umbrella, they bought us so much fruit and we would come out for our break between dance classes and you would just see grapes, bananas, berries, pears, peaches, strawberries, like all the fruits. I was, ugh, I was living. Oh, this one's kind of random. When the new month starts on a Monday. Oh my goodness, that satisfies me so much when the new month starts on a Monday. Because typically, if it's the start of a, a new month in general, I like to like set new goals and feel it's very refreshing. And I also like to do that on Mondays or beginning of the year, any sort of beginning. So the fact that there's a chance of a new month, the first of a month lining up with the first of the week, a Monday, mm, delicious to me. I love it. It's like an ultra fresh start. And that doesn't happen super often. But when it does, there's just something in the air. It feels good, you know. Oh, I love when you remember what you forgot to say. That's a great feeling. Similar to a pet peeve though, which is I hate forgetting what I'm about to say. So they kind of play in with each other. But once you remember, even if it's like an hour later, oh my gosh, very satisfying. I love and appreciate good Wi-Fi. You don't ever appreciate your Wi-Fi and how good it is until you're in a situation when the Wi-Fi is horrible. And I cannot stand, this is a pet peeve. I'm kind of blending my pet peeves and my non-pet peeves, but I can't stand slow internet. I usually have okay patience, but when it comes to internet, if something is slow or you get that little symbol that's turning on your computer screen that it's processing, I I get so mad, like, like unbelievable amounts of anger that come out of me and I just want to literally throw my computer across the room if it takes longer than five seconds for something to load. I, I have to leave the room sometimes. I leave the room, I take a breath, or I close my eyes. I'm like, it's fine. And then I open them and hope that the internet has picked up. But whew. Or if you're watching something and then it pauses because it's lagging. And then it starts again and it's blurry. And then it pauses again and then it starts again. It's like, what's the point, you know? So that always makes me appreciate good Wi-Fi. My Wi-Fi here in Spain is really bad. So I've been dealing with this the whole year and I mean, I'm getting a little bit more patient about it, but it really makes me mad still. Like every time it happens, I'm like, I get that feeling, you know, but when I go home, the Wi-Fi is going to be good, or at least I hope it's going to be better. Anything better than this Wi-Fi. I love having dinner with someone. I used to think that it was the opposite that I liked having dinner on my own or like having a meal by myself just because I was always around people. I was living at home. I was always with my family. So there wasn't really times that I got to be purely alone. And I'm a very independent person, so I really cherish my alone time. But now it's kind of the opposite. I mean, I still very much cherish my alone time, but I have so many, so many, I have so much time that I could be alone that the small things like having a meal with someone is really nice. You know, you get to talk catch up on your day, 
share the experience that you're having with the food you're eating. It's nice. The same with watching a movie with someone. If I'm watching a show, not always, but usually, I don't mind watching it on my own. I do actually enjoy watching it on my own because I can go at my own pace too. But if I'm watching a movie, it's so much fun to watch a movie with someone else, especially if it's a movie that you've never seen yourself because then you're both in on the experience. Like it's, it's exciting. You don't know what's going to happen next. You know, you're both thinking different things during the movie. So that's really fun. But I don't think I would say I like watching a movie that I've seen that somebody else hasn't seen because all of a sudden I feel this immense amount of, I would say, pressure. If they don't enjoy the movie, it's my fault, you know, when it's really not a big deal. If they'd have agreed to watch the movie, that's their choice. So nothing's on me if the movie's bad, even though it's maybe one of my favorite movies. I feel like I need like the movie needs to live up to the standard and I become so judgmental towards the movie in my head. I'm like, oh, maybe they think that part's not good or did they understand that part or were they paying attention or I get like anxiety about it. So I don't think I like that, but watching a new movie with someone else when it's both of our first times, I love it, especially at the movie theaters. I love a movie at the movie theaters. It just hits different. Drinking my coffee outside in the morning. The times that I've experienced drinking my coffee on a balcony, like at a hotel or Airbnb, or even back at my home in Ottawa, it's so nice to just start your day outside in nature, kind of listening to all the sounds around you, experiencing the flavors of your coffee, really like mindfully drinking it. I love doing that. I could do that all day, to be honest, but it's so nice in the morning knowing that you really, you have the time as well. Nothing's rushed. I think I appreciate this a lot because when I was younger, I had to wake up so early to jump on a bus to go to school because I lived really far away from my school. So I was up and walking to the bus stop at like 6.45 in the morning. So my coffee was already in a thermos ready to go and I'd be drinking it on the bus or always in transit somewhere, like moving somewhere else. So now I really love the complete opposite. I love taking my time in the morning with my coffee, having it in my favorite mug, maybe going back for a second. I know I mentioned that I was stopping my coffee intake or lowering my coffee intake a few episodes ago, but that is no longer. I'm back to two, not ne- not three. I don't drink three anymore, but two is definitely what I'm drinking. I don't know, maybe that was a weird phase I was having that I wasn't interested, but I'm back to being interested. I love it too much. Last one, or second last one on this list, puzzles. Give me a good thousand piece puzzle that's not too hard, but just hard enough with lots of different things in it that I can play off of. I will sit there all day doing that puzzle. It's such a fun brain activity for me. Same with like Sudoku. Love Sudoku. Yeah, I've had some puzzles that I do that I get so frustrated with because they're too difficult. Like I had to do this rose puzzle once that was a thousand pieces, but the pieces weren't square, like even. So it made it really hard. And it was this close-up image of a rose. So basically the whole puzzle was pink. Slightly different shades of pink so I could see something and I eventually finished it. I was not giving up on that. It took me 
a month and a bit, but I went at it every day. But that was like, I would get one piece of the puzzle every few hours. Like it was so difficult, not super enjoyable, I would say. But a puzzle that has maybe more cartoon-esque qualities to it with lots of different images. You know what would be a good puzzle? Where's Waldo? A Where's Waldo puzzle is what I need to do. Because you can work on certain sections and you don't get too discouraged and you're going at a good pace. It's just a fun brain activity. I like to do it like as I'm having my breakfast. or, And it's good for your brain. So you feel good once you've completed that. Just the same as finishing a book, you know? Okay, the last thing on this list is actually the thing that started me thinking that I should do this list in the first place because one of my friends commented on the fact that I have I have a section in my notes app dedicated to what I like to say kitties in Spain because where I live there's so many stray cats and I swear there's about 8 to 12 cats that I always see as I'm walking to dance in the morning that are so cute and they're all so different and they're always just like sleeping in random positions or they're on the tops of cars or underneath cars or they're together you know or they're curled up somewhere they're so cute and I started taking pictures of these cats and you know how there's this new feature on your iPhone if you have one that you can press and hold on to an image to copy the outside of the image like it'll trace that thing that you've pressed onto and then you can copy that and paste it anywhere like as a gif or something or in your notes and I've made a page dedicated to cats in my notes where I've taken all the funny pictures that I've taken of cats and just put them as like a list form but in image form if that makes sense and I titled it kitties in Spain and one of my friends saw this in my notes app and she was like what she thought it was the funniest thing but that's something that just made me happy in the moment so I did it and so that's kind of a funny joke my kitties in Spain notes page so that's everything on my things that make me happy list now let me get into some of my pet peeves I already mentioned a few like slow internet and when I forget what I'm about to say but I've got a few more And I always catch myself saying like, oh, that's such a pet peeve of mine in the moment. But then if somebody were to ask me what my pet peeves were, I could never list anything. I could never say anything. So I started to write them down. And I think these are kind of funny. They're so random. Um, Let's start with when people crack their neck. I cannot stand the sound of somebody cracking their neck. And I'm not even against cracking because I crack my back in the morning I pop my hips it's very dancer-esque I crack my feet my toes but something about the neck oh it makes me like cringe or want to almost throw up it just seems so unsafe and I'm sure cracking your back is also so unsafe and I've heard mixed things because you know to crack a joint is like just releasing the air that's in between the two bones I think that's what it is but so it shouldn't be too bad but eventually I've heard that if you overcrack your back you're kind of like shifting your vertebrae each time you crack your back if you're not doing it properly like a chiropractor is doing it properly but if you're not doing it properly then there could be it could result in misalignment over many many years is what I've heard don't quote me on that so it's it's probably not good but 
the cracking of the neck is like, I will never get on board for cracking the neck. Oh, gosh. And it just looks so aggressive when people crack their neck. They're like pulling their head to the side. Looks like they're about to rip their head off. Ugh. Or even cracking the knuckles. I don't know why I don't like that one either. Random. Another one. Duplicates of photos on my camera roll. Goodness me. I don't know why this bothers me. I think it bothers me because I don't know that I have duplicates. Like just the idea right now of thinking that I have duplicates on my phone, on my camera roll, makes me a little bit antsy, you know? And I don't have much storage on my phone to begin with. So the fact that I'm holding duplicate photos, like, no, no, no. I don't need that in my life. I should really get one of those apps that they I always see on Instagram that's saying like, oh, this can erase your duplicate photos. I feel like I would benefit from that. Especially when you post on Instagram and then the photo saves to your camera roll again. So even if you took the photo like two years ago, then you see it two years later in your camera roll if you're going through your photos and it's there. And I think, oh, maybe I've seen that photo before, but I can't quite remember and I'm too lazy to go back and check whether or not I have it twice. So I just keep it there. That's such a waste of space. Speaking of phones, when my phone announces on my screen that it has full storage, that really bothers me <laughs> because I know that even if I get rid of like three videos, it's still the next day is going to say full storage. Like that's the sign when you need a full cleanse of your camera roll or any apps, which I'm at that point right now. Yeah, it's every like two days it says that to me or when it wants to update and you're just, it says, oh, I'll update tonight. And then you don't end up plugging it in. So it doesn't update. Then it says, you didn't update last night. Do you want to update tomorrow? And it just keeps bothering you. That bothers me. Phone stuff. This is completely off topic from the phone stuff, but smudging pencil. Ooh, when I was in school and I had to use a pencil for some reason, I was a pen girl, but when I had to use a pencil and I would write and then my hand would kind of rub against what I'd written because I'm writing like a full page of something and you can see that there's like pencil smudging happening, that really bothered me. Or even if you wrote something a while ago and then you closed the notebook and then you opened it back up and there was pencil smudging. That got on my nerves so bad. I loved using pens in high school. Pens or mechanical pencils that are super fine tipped. So if there was smudging, it was very minimal and you'd barely be able to see it. But if a pen smudged too, if a pen smudged, I needed to start the page over. Like I was one of those people who had very perfectionistic notes you know I cherished my notes I would write up until lately actually even in my notebooks for like dance or something I would have a notebook that was purely rough drafted and I would be able to bring that places so I wouldn't worry about it getting dirty or affected or anything and I would write notes really messy like I would just embrace the messiness of my notes kind of just write things so I remember them in the moment and I did this in school too took notes during class and then I would go home and take my good paper and my good notebook and I would rewrite the notes. Yes, this took so much extra time. I would also color coordinate them. I was all about that. It took so much extra time, but also it really helped because I was refreshing without even thinking about the fact that I was refreshing just because I wanted the notes to look nicer. I was rewriting the things that I had learned in class so it stuck in my brain a little bit more. 
So I didn't need to study as hard, you know? It helped with my memory. The same with dance. I would write notes about the repertoire I was learning and like notes that I got in rehearsals. And then I would go home and write them again, more organized, so I could refer back to them easier in the moment if I needed to. But also then they would solidify in my brain. So the next day I'd go to dance. And just the action of me writing the note before I went to bed really helped me the next day. It like popped right into my brain, you know, oh, this count is on a six, not a seven, you know, or, oh, I have to make sure that I'm stretching my arm really long here instead of keeping my elbow bent. I don't know, random things, but smudging pencil, nuh-uh. Um, slow walking is a huge pet peeve of mine. If I'm on my own and I'm slow walking, that's fine. I'm okay with that. But if I'm in a group and I'm walking at a certain pace and everyone else is walking like two meters behind me because they're at a slower pace, oh, it's so hard for me to just start walking slower. Like I I cannot, I feel like I'm walking like turtle's pace if I start to walk slower. And also for some reason, I feel like if I slow down, all of a sudden people think we're stopping. So then they slow down. And so I can't get anywhere. It's... (laughs) It's not helping if I slow down. Then we're really not getting anywhere. So I just have to keep walking and then I kind of stop for a second. Then I walk. I used to get so frustrated at my mom for this. When we were in Vancouver together and she was visiting, I was a really fast walker in those few months for some reason. My speed changes for walking. I don't know what triggers that. but And I was walking really fast and she was not at the pace I was walking wise. She just has a different pace. And she's not even that slow. I was just going really fast. So not her fault, but I would walk many, many meters in front of her. And then I would turn around and wait, which is kind of rude, turn around and wait for her to catch up. And then I would walk again, trying to be at her pace. And then I'd end up many meters in front and I'd turn around and wait. And I could tell she was getting frustrated at me because she thought I was getting impatient with her. But really, I just could not figure out how to walk slowly. But I was also getting frustrated, too, at the fact that it seemed like she was walking slow. But I was, in reality, just walking fast. Yeah. Speaking of slow walking, when people are unaware of what's going on in front of me, like if I'm at the bus stop and there's somebody just in the way, but they don't even realize it because they're on their phone or they're just, like, zoned out, that bothers me a little bit. I would never say anything or be rude, but that does bother me. So if somebody's walking slow and they're kind of crossing my direction and they can, if they just looked up, they could tell that I would be, that I'm walking towards them, you know, that's another pet peeve when people aren't aware. (laughs) All my pet peeves, well, most of my pet peeves are about other people, which is, I think, just kind of showing me that I need to work on my patience because everything is about, you know, when people well, crack their neck. I don't know. But when people walk slow, when people stand too close to me in a big room, that really bothers me. Like, why? We have so much space, especially in dance. We have so much space. Why are we deciding to stand so close to each other? And then in terms of some cases, I've moved. I've actually moved spaces because I'm not going to start a fight or anything, but I move spaces and then somehow that person ends up right next to me again. And they can tell that I'm working on something. I'm trying to do something full out. Yet, why are we keep? Why do we keep running into each other? Let's use all the space in the room. Anyway, 
Okay, this next one's huge. This one... I'm guilty of it myself, and I get frustrated with myself when I'm doing it, but I really try not to do it because I know how much it bothers me and how much I know it might bother someone else if I was doing it to them. When people are on their phone as we're trying to watch a show or a movie, oh my goodness, put the phone down. This bothers me so much. If we have decided to choose a movie and sit down and watch a movie together or watch an episode of a show together that just came out and halfway through or like two minutes in you're on your phone and I look over and you're on Instagram or something I like am boiling over in my seat I'm just the only thing I'm focusing on is the fact that you're not focused you know what I mean I can't even focus on the show myself because I'm too focused on the fact that you're not getting any of the information from the show or if I'm trying to show someone something and they're like distracted because they're on their phone what's the point of me even taking my time to show you this you know you're not going to catch all the little nuance details that are important to the integrity of the show or the movie yeah this one gets me really frustrated if I ever have people on their phone in general to be honest when we're trying when I'm trying to socialize or like do something with someone else if I ever have a dinner party I want to have one of those no phone rules so we can all just enjoy each other's company and play games and talk and not focus on social media and what's going on inside our devices like we're here in person let's just be present you know I'm getting mad about someone being on a screen when we're trying to watch a screen it's just so backwards this world so those are all the pet peeves I wrote down I know I have more but I can't quite remember anymore at the moment. I tried to write them down whenever I thought of them, but that was a fairly big list. I'm really curious to know what some of your pet peeves are though, because it's very interesting to hear what makes other people tick, you know? So let me know in the comments. I'm gonna leave a little poll on Spotify because you can do this now. You can leave um, like a question that can be answered on the podcast section of Spotify. So if you see that, I will ask you, what are some of your pet peeves? Please give me an answer. I'm, I want to know. Also, I want to know, so maybe if I'm doing one of those things, I can stop doing one of those things because I know it might bother someone and I don't want to bother anyone. Okay, to wrap up today's episode, I'll be answering one of the questions that I've been asked on my recent Instagram story post and the question is how do you manage to balance school work and dance i really like this question i'm not in school anymore but when i was in school i did struggle with this a lot because i was doing all three things i was going to school in the morning for the whole day and then i'd go to dance and then on the weekends i would work or i would work sometimes if i didn't have dance on a school night And especially into high school, it got very difficult because the assignments were piling on in school and they don't really care if you have extracurricular activities that you're doing, like they want it finished, however you're going to get it done. Some teachers are more flexible than others, but you can't rely on whether or not a teacher is going to be nice. You've got to, you've got to get it done. And also I'm not sacrificing dance because 
I knew that that's what I wanted to make my profession. So school kind of comes second in my mind. Dance is going to be first, even though I'm not going to slack off in school. But And then work is just a non-negotiable. Like if you have a contract somewhere, you can't not show up. You're going to get fired. I think my tip would be when you're in school, be in school. Like don't be thinking about anything else. Use the time that you're given in the class to get the job done. Because a lot of the time, the teachers do give you enough time to get things done if you're, if you're focused and you're productive in the class. Even study-wise, like really try to pay attention, take good notes if you're learning, prepping for a test and stuff. So then you don't have to spend as much time studying because you kind of already understand what's going on. I didn't always do this, of course, like I would get distracted by friends or just by other things that were happening in life. A lot of the time I was distracted by dance. So in that case, I did create really nice um, notes for studying and I would study those anytime that I was traveling from one place to the next or I would work on things or read for English, whatever when I was going from one place to the next. If I was on the bus to dance on my way back from school, which was a pretty long ride, or if I was being driven from home to dance, or on my way to work, I would be studying. I'd be using these notes. They would be everywhere with me. And I know that the easy way out of all of this is maybe sleeping less, so then you have more time in the day. But I really don't recommend doing that because... The less sleep you get, the more everything's going to fall apart. Like, we need sleep. Sleep is also going to help us process all the information we're taking in every day. So if you're not sleeping to get extra study time, it's kind of counterintuitive or counteracting each other. Canceling out, that's what I'm trying to say. It's canceling it out because you're not going to hold that information as well if you were to get a good amount of hours of sleep to process everything that you're learning and everything that you're doing and for muscle recovery for dance like you need sleep sleep is so important I really had a hard time when I was at Arts Umbrella with balancing work and dance because the dance load was really heavy which was great that's what I signed up for but then also it's expensive living in Vancouver so I needed to work so I was working um teacher I was doing teacher assisting shifts at Arts Umbrella after the day finished I did that twice a week and I also worked on my one day off which was the Saturday I worked for six to eight hours at a coffee shop just washing dishes which was not the finest job but it was all I could get for one shift a week job you know what am I saying it was actually a great job the only part I didn't enjoy was how pruny my hands would be afterwards from just washing dishes but the people were amazing and I don't mind cleaning things, so it was a fine job. But anyway, I had no time to myself just to relax, to be honest. So I had to find these little crevices in the day that I had to consider my time. Like on my way home from dance, that was my time. At night for an hour as I have my dinner, that was my time. Walking to work in the morning on the Saturday. Those 20 minutes were my time to process things to just reflect on my week, you know? My yoga in the morning was my time. My meditation was my time. 
even though it was really small amounts of time, I looked at those and kind of put more value on those as being, quote, my time so that I was able to kind of mentally handle the amount of workload that I had to do for a whole year, a whole two years. So yeah, it was really difficult. And sometimes I would get really overwhelmed thinking, I don't have enough time. Like everything's going so fast. How am I supposed to know this piece for next week when I have no time to study it? But if you look at things, you always have a little bit of time. I think what I'm really getting at here is that the time in between things counts as time as well. Sometimes it's a while too. However long it takes you to bus from one place to the next or drive from one place to the next, that's usually doubled because you're going there and then you're coming back. So that's a good chunk for you to get something done so you don't have to stay up really late. Yeah, and kind of just accepting the fact that this is not forever, you know? This is only a moment in your life that you're dealing with all of these things, especially with school. School, work, and dance, that's not going to be forever. Eventually it'll just be work, which for me would be dance as well, hooked to it. So you're doing this all for a reason and it's going to pay off. So just keep going. It's only for a little bit. Thank you for whoever asked that question. Great question. And with that, I'm finished talking today. (laughs) Sometimes I talk so fast or so much that I get so thirsty that I feel like I have like an eternal cough, a cough that will go on forever. I need to keep clearing my throat. But uh, I love it. I love talking to you guys every week. You can follow me on Instagram at Dava R. Miles or at Dancing in the Kitchen with two N's. Yeah, and you can follow the podcast on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. That's all I wanted to say. Have a wonderful start to your June, and I'll talk to you next week.